Today's episode is presented by goalkeeping.com. And welcome back to a new episode of the Gloves Sound Podcast. We're your host, Marcus Sundin, and alongside me is Alexander Brams, as always. Today, we're joined by a new guest, Short Gutenberg. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's nice to, to, to talk with you about goalkeepers. Today's topic is going to be reaction with both hands and feet. Um, but before we jump into the main topic... Uh, let's talk a little bit about you and your background. Can you, you're the current goalkeeper coach at Orlando Pirates Football Club in uh, South Africa. And can you tell us a little bit about your transition from uh, when you were in Netherlands, how that went on and your time there? And uh, then afterwards, yeah, it's, how it's, you, it's, you got into the South African football system as well? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a nice journey, to be honest. Um, I was very young, I think, 24, uh, when I did my course, goalkeeper coach UEFA A um, in the Netherlands. Uh, in that period, I was the goalkeeper coach of the Ajax women team, the first team. Uh, and in that same time, also a scout for the youth academy from Ajax Amsterdam. Uh, after two years with the Ajax women, I signed a contract for Goethe Eagles. It was in the Dutch Premier League at the moment. I think I was 26 when I signed the contract and at that moment, I think I was the youngest so far in the Dutch Premier League. Um, uh, five years go at Eagles. Um, and then I received a phone call from the chairman from Cape Town City. Um, and they had a connection with the Netherlands because Peter Leeuwenberg, uh, the current goalkeeper of FC Groningen. And I think you had a guest also, Sasha. Uh, that was the connection with, with Cape Town City with me and Peter. He asked me, uh, do you want to work in Cape Town? Do you want to work abroad? Um, yeah, and I, I grabbed the challenge with two hands because you get out of your comfort zone. You learn from a different culture. For me, the first time that I, I was speaking English. Um, so it was a nice challenge. Uh, and after two years, um, uh, the head coach left, Jan Oderikring. I had a very good connection with him. Things were changing at the club, and then I decided to release my contract. So, the begin of May, I told the club, I made an agreement with them. Okay, guys, I want to leave the club. Uh, I still had a contract till 2023 at that moment, but I was not happy with the way things went. And, um, and that same night, uh, I received a chat from Orlando Pirates uh, if I want to join them. So, yeah, things were quick, and that's the way. Uh, how I ended at Orlando Pirates at this moment. Interesting. Um, we love to to talk on the podcast about all the different kind of techniques within goalkeeping we have around the world. And we talked about the importance of having a lot of different techniques as a goalkeeper to adapt to different environments and styles and stuff like that. And there's no specific or no right way to do goalkeeping. Uh, so how was it for you as a background in one country to then going in in your transition to a completely new environment and style of play and goalkeeping and stuff like that? I was lucky that um, that I worked with Peter Leonberg uh, at Cape Town City. So yeah, he had a Dutch background, youth academy, whole academy at Ajax Amsterdam. So yeah, 
if you talk about a goalkeeper who's good developed. So I was lucky, to be honest. Um, if I look back to the number two and three at that moment, yeah, you, you could see that they didn't have a, a proper youth education development. So with Peter, you could do more things than with the South African goalkeepers, to be honest, because yeah, they didn't have the youth academies like in Denmark or in America or in the Netherlands. So you have to start with the basic and uh, really build them up step by step. And yeah, I must be honest, they, they adapt very quick. They are really willing to learn, really willing to learn. And if they, if they see and if they feel, hey, this is working, then yeah, then they are flying. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, we uh, in last season, season two of the podcast, one of the episodes was with uh, Lee Baxter, where we talked about the uh, the style of goalkeeping and also how they develop in South Africa, where you're based right now, and maybe they are a little bit behind if you think about the overall development, but also just with in terms of facilities and and background knowledge and stuff like that, and Lee. For listeners out there, we have a, a whole episode on on the South African goalkeeping style and how they are still developing and how he's helping to develop the, the goalkeeping in South Africa. And obviously that's the same with you in, in your current situation. Um, but how do you see the South African goalkeeping right now? I know we have least take on it, but how do you see it right now compared to back home in, in Europe? I think what you, what you, what you mentioned that... Um... We are one or two steps behind Europe, to be honest. Uh, and why? Because we didn't have a proper development. Um, in a podcast from with Lee, you already heard that they don't have a, a good goalkeeper education here. Um, so in my club also, uh, I'll be, be there right now for one month, I think. I've contact with, we have one youth goalkeeper coach. Um, and he's, he's open to learn, so um, when he is off, I will invite him to, to my training sessions to chat about him, um, because uh, the same what Lee was telling, uh, you must think the same way, but it's logic for me, especially in Europe, it's logic. But there is really a big, there's a lot of talent in South Africa, really a lot of talent. And I think if there will, uh, if the clubs are invest more in the youth, development, then South African goalkeepers can 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 make huge step. But right now, yeah, you go, you, uh, the facilities, uh, the development, you have to be very creative. Uh, we don't have uh, nice fields like Europe. It's bumpy. Sometimes you train with old balls uh, at the youth academy, not with the first team. So yeah, you, you have to be very creative. Um, but yeah, we, we are steps behind Europe, that's for sure. And, and if we have proper education over here, then I think we can reach much, much, much higher level in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, it must be it must be interesting to be a part of the journey, I guess, uh, also to see the development because usually in development, the first few steps is always the biggest steps you take, right? And you're obviously a part of that. Um, if we take it further along and go into the, today's topic about reactions, but with hand and feet, um, it doesn't have to be just in, in South Africa. It could be in Europe as well, just overall goalkeeping. Um, when we decided to talk about this topic today, uh, what was the main reason behind uh, the passion within reaction with the hands and feet? Oh, that, that's easy to, to explain. Um, 
if you watch even in Champions League, um, how many times do you see with shots from the side that's uh, with low balls that the goalkeeper is going with the hand, he touched the ball, but it's still going in. And the ball, the speed of the balls are so quick. And as a goalkeeper, especially uh, in Europe, tall goalkeepers, um, the reaction time and the time to get to the ground and to stretch your arm uh, in compare with the speed of the ball, um, it's logic that sometimes you're too late. And if you have a good position in the goal and you have a good reach with your legs and you train on it, sometimes it's easier to cover those situations with a reaction with your legs than, than with your hands. Um, because you, you're quicker, you're, your foot is already on the ground. The only thing you need to do is react and stretch. And uh, I was analyzing a lot of goalkeepers in the Netherlands, and you see it a lot. And last year, we had a tall goalkeeper, Keitan City, Peter Leonberg, I think, 196 centimeters high. Um, so if you think about that, the moment that he will go to the ground, that takes longer time with his hands than when he goes with his feet. And for me, yeah, we were training on it. And you saw the big, big saves during games, and it was working. So that's the reason why I think, hey, it's, it's an interesting topic and why uh, I worked at Ajax Amsterdam. Okay, it's the woman department, but uh, I was close with, with the youth academy, with the goalkeeper coaches over there. They learn with the most academies in the Netherlands to go always with your hands. And then I asked myself the question, why are we learning young goalkeepers to go always with his hands if you can use your legs also as an extra weapon? And yeah, I think it's a very interesting topic not only for South Africa, but for everybody around the world to, to think about it because you see so many leg saves at the high level. So why are we not training on it? I completely agree. Um, I've played three years of futsal in the best Danish futsal league. And I just, in the beginning, I was maybe using my hands a bit too much and just realized that my feet are faster with shots close to the ground and obviously it's a smaller goal in futsal so I just got really good using my feet in saves and I took that into whenever futsal winter season was over and I took that into my new season and I just started using my feet more especially in 1v1s from tight angles where let's say there's a 1v1 and he's gonna curl it in the long corner uh, pretty close it's really tough getting your hands down and kick your feet away it's easier to just stick your foot out a little bit um and as you say there's many examples where you see a goalkeeper go with his hand and it's close to him uh, i saw an example yesterday where it was a bit of an awkward situation it was kind of a 1v1 from four or five meters out and it was a shot close to the goalkeeper uh, it was in the Champions league qualifier and he decides to go with it with his hand and the ball actually goes under his foot and then he touches us with his hand and then it goes in the goal. Well, I was thinking, okay, uh, maybe if he would have just used his foot. First of all, to do it, then it would have been simple. Yeah, there would have been a rebound, but rather give a rebound than a goal. So the, the, then the main question for me is, if you look at really top academies, I talk about the Netherlands, why are we, why are we pushing the goalkeepers to go with their hands to the, to the ball? And especially what you are saying, uh, Alexander, with shots from, from the side, because then the angle is smaller. For me, if you have a good positioning, you can cover every low ball with your left or right feet, if you have a good positioning. And then 
yeah, that makes life much easier for a goalkeeper. And why are we not using it? Why are we not training it with, with top development clubs? Yeah, for me, that was, was the question of, for me, that was the reason to train it extra. Even right now, the first thing I started was to, to, to train on it because they were used uh, to go with the hands um, and they didn't have uh, good development. Um, they had a, a, two very good goalkeeper coaches before me, Andrew Sparks and Yuri Niemen. Uh, you guys know them both, I think. Very good, very good coaches. Um, also the European style. So they had a, they had a base. Um, only, yeah, they came a new goalkeeper. He was injured last season. So you have to work on, on, on some things. And that was the first thing I started to work. You stole, not a good reaction with his hands. So yeah, we have to use other qualities from him. And, and also what you are saying, if there's a shot from the side and the angle is, is narrow and I save it with my hand, nine out of 10 balls, it will be a rebound in the box. Because yeah, I, I move the ball, it's a corner of it's a rebound in the box. If I use my feet to save it, the moment that the ball touches my feet, nine out of 10 balls will, will go outside the box. So it's also the danger for a rebound ball is also much smaller than the moment that I save it with my hands. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, I've had personally a lot of experiences where they come from the ankle, they shoot, I save it with my feet and I kick it way out of the box. And another example is when De Gea was on his prime, he saved so much with his feet. There's this famous save where you see a, a camera from inside the goal where there's a cross in and he moves inside uh, of his line and then there's a, a shot coming from where he was coming from and he just sticks out his long leg and then he kicks it somewhere. I don't know where, but it was a fantastic save and looking at it, he would have never saved it with his hand because he wasn't in balance. So it can also be a good tool that if you're not in 100% good balance and you can't make the perfect save, you can just stick out your foot and yeah, make a save, which is what you yeah. want. I totally agree, and, and that's why I think it's a, it's a very interesting topic. Very interesting topic, and I'm just thinking back right now from an uh, the you know the England FA TV uh, they post their goalkeeper training up there where I remember there was a situation where the goalkeeper coach was hitting a ball, and then Pickford was kind of going from the ball with his feet, but also with his hand, and then he like stopped the training and asked. Pickford line what do you think here was this a hand or a foot save and they were just chatting about it and you really saw the example that it's also a thing at the higher level but this is just as you say it's an interesting topic that that needs to be addressed more so how how would you incorporate if you can just talk us through this have making these feet saves and yeah now to, to be honest um if I, if I do a, a training session and, and I want to work on feet saves or save with the hands, it's always about decision-making. If I tell them, hey, they will do it. But then the moment that the ball is a little bit higher, hey, will I go with my leg or will I go with my hand? Then you see they're still busy with, okay, I have to go with my, with my leg, with my leg. So the moment that I do my sessions, I don't tell them what will happen. So it's an, it's an open session and it's just react, set, pressure on both legs, React. If it's a low ball, go with your leg. Is it a little bit half high? In, I call it the gray area. Yeah. Try what works the best for you. Try what works the best for you. For, for one, it's better to, to go with the hand. 
But the other one, he's so good with his legs that he can put his leg even uh, 30, 40 centimeters up. So yeah, every goalkeeper is different in it. And um, so for me, it's the training sessions, when I want to work on that, it's, it's open. I don't tell them what will happen. I don't tell them where I will kick the ball, just react. And it's, it sounds very simple and very easy, but we as goalkeepers, we must react. And we can react the best at the moment that we have pressure on both legs. We don't gamble, trust your reaction. If your positioning is good, and your, your, your decision-making to go with your hands or with your legs is good, it, make, it makes it much easier, I think. But keep it open, keep your sessions open. Yeah, and, and about that keeping your session open, this is also we've talked with someone about in the previous episode, is that you have to make your 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 sessions open. You can't, or you, you can, of course, if it's warm-up and so on, but but the in today's goalkeeper training, I've talked with someone else about this also, that you have to make sessions where, as you say, it's open, that they sh- the keeper should not know where the ball is going. The the goalkeeper should, coach should go for scoring. I mean, not putting it top pins every time, but hitting it hard and hitting it in an unknown area so that you don't create these habits of thinking you know where the ball is. Because then when you meet good players like Messi, Ronaldo, they just trick you. Um, so I really like that, that you say that, that your, your session's open, then that you make the keeper make the decision because decision-making is a massive part of, of goalkeeping today. Yeah, and, and if you compare that with the situation in South Africa where we chatted about it before, um, most of the time, the, the training sessions in South Africa, it's a lot of feet work, old school. Uh, the goalkeepers know exactly where the ball is coming, right, half high, left low. Um, it's one big... I call it one big show. But the goalkeeper is knowing what will happen. They, they don't think further, okay, why am I doing this? What's the reason behind or what do I create with the goalkeepers? Because at that moment, you create that goalkeepers are gambling and not trained to, to react on a shot or not trained to, to, to set and, and trust your reaction. And I think that's typical, the difference. Um, what I try to... Re- create with my first team goalkeepers right now and also with two youth goalkeepers and South Africa. Uh, and in that way, South Africa is old school with a lot of feet work, cones everywhere, low balls left, high balls right. And that's that's still a big issue over here. And, and what Lee Baxter was telling also, um, yeah, we must find a way here to, to develop coaches if we want to go to a, to a higher level. Yeah. And uh, if we take it a little bit back, I think one of the key takeaways today uh, is definitely the decision-making, as you mentioned earlier, um, not only in this topic, but in goalkeeping in general, decision-making is a huge part of goalkeeping. And, and in order to, to make the right decisions, you have to be decisive, right? And I think a lot of the times, a lot of goalkeepers doubt what they have to do in certain situations. Um, but from personal experience, if you if you tell yourself before a session to to trust your instinct and, and be decisive in this session, you you find a way to to make the saves that you didn't expect you wanted to do. Um, because we all we all goalkeepers allow goals from time to time and, and we can look back at it and see what we what went wrong and stuff like that. But in order to to get rid of that again, I think is again huge part is the decision making, being decisive, 
and especially uh, on this topic with the reaction saves because we have a split second to react right so we have to be decisive in in order to to have have the time in a split se split second to to make the save um so in in your sessions i know we touched a little bit on it but uh, in terms of reaction and making this decision whether to to save it with your hand or with your or with your or with your foot and um, what kind of sessions or sorry what kind of drills um do you take in into your sessions in order to 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 make the right decisions it's it's a, it's a good question um and i must be honest the moment that i at cape town city i was working with three goalkeepers at orlando pirates i have five so for me it's also hey how, how, how can I let this work? So for me also, it's, it's a nice learning moment and to get out of my comfort zone because I don't like it when one goalkeeper is working and four are standing still. So I'm busy, or I, I'm creating uh, exercises that every goalkeeper is busy. And every goalkeeper must be ready for an action. So with one goalkeeper, I can put two mannequins or I can do it in the goal. With two mannequins on four meters from each other, that's simulating your goal. Just react. Low balls, high balls, just react. But during that moment, I can also play a back pass. When I play a back pass, he can decide, hey, go I, do I go to goal number one, two, three? So that he comes in 1v1 situations with other goalkeepers. I can also play out of nothing, a ball to the side that the goalkeeper will go to 1v1. So in everything, he must make a, a quick decision. So it's not only, okay, I react with my hands on my feet, but hey, I must be aware, the coach can also play a through ball, he can also play me a back pass, and what must I do over then, what must I do then? So with my sessions, um, okay, the warm-up, of course, uh, it's, it's, it's an activation, but then it's straight, everybody must switch on, everything can happen, everything can happen, and everybody must be aware for a new situation. Even rebounds, go for it. Um, yeah, I, I have some footage of it. You, you can watch it. I can send it to you guys. And then uh, that, that makes it clear. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of decision-making. Everybody is moving. Um, uh, Game-related. So it, it must be situation that can happen during a game. That's, for me, the, the, the basic um, key elements what I want to have in my session. Yeah, I've personally seen some of your footage that you're sharing both on social media, LinkedIn and, and stuff like that. And you keep every goalkeeper busy, even though the goalkeeper is in the net, they can be the servers, they stuff like that. And also, uh, as you said, you play them a ball and it's a 1v1. Um, and I actually wanted to touch on that because while you were talking, I was thinking about 1v1 situations because that a lot, it's a lot about reaction as well. And uh, what comes to my mind is, over the last couple of years, I've seen a lot of situations of Casper Schmeichel in, in games. And um, I think he was one of the first, maybe with Manuel Neuer, to in a 1v1 to go into the kind of split block, if you can say it like mm -hmm. that. And um, I'm very fascinated about it. First of all, it's very athletic to do. And second of all, uh, they close the angle very well. Um, and I've always been taught back in the days that in order to, to make the most saves, as you can say like that in 1v1 situation, is to stay on your feet as long as possible. 
and then react when the uh, striker makes his action. But now when I see Kasper Smigel and as mentioned, Manuel Neuer doing these split saves where they obviously get as close to the striker as possible and try to close the angle and then make the split. I really find that fascinating and it looks very consistent when they do it. And especially Smigel made a lot of saves in uh, in the Premier League doing this split uh, split save. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And it's also even in, in the 1v1s, it's, it's are you going for a split save? Are you going for a small block? Or are you really trust your reaction? But for me, when we talk about reaction, the moment that a, a striker is dribbling on you and he's in a range of four or five meters, yeah, how can you react? When, when, when the ball is so fast, I think the ball is already in the net before we either think, okay, I put my leg out or I will go with my hand. So for me, if they are in a range of five meters, you must go for, for a split block. I think that's, that's yeah, the biggest way to, to, to make a save in, in that situation. But then it's also the, the key, what kind of moment you, you're gonna go for the block? Are you doing it at the moment that the striker hits the ball? Nine out of ten, I think the ball will go to your legs. You're a little bit too late. So you must, I call it, you must smell the situation. And sometimes, I yeah, I tell my goalkeepers, put the block out in your head too early. And why too early? Because otherwise, yeah, it sounds crazy, but otherwise you're too late. Um, the moment that I go for the block, at the moment that the striker is shooting, yeah, I'm too late because I have a big gap between my legs. So there must be a quick step before that to, to, to decide, okay, boom, I do it. And what you're saying about Kasper Schmeichel or Neuer, how they close it. And also, uh, if you see the timing of it, how good they are, they do it before the, the striker hits the ball, to be honest. And that's then, yeah, that, that's very important for, for a split block or for 1v1 situation. Yeah, and, and talking about the, the 1v1 situation with the split block, we saw far too often Courtois a couple of years ago getting megged in 1v1s where he went into a split save where he's been too open between his legs and they scored many goals and people were making fun of him and blah 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 now we're just seeing that especially last year in Madrid he has been so good in 1v1s learning developing his own uh, split save into yeah being lower I believe so he's probably worked a little bit on his mobility and and then the timing also, he was much better. He conceded a goal between his legs last week, but he almost saved it with his hand behind him. So I guess that's something he's been working on too. Um, but that's just really interesting to see that that he's developed his um, split save. And, and talking from a personal point of view, I have... So with futsal, it was a lot of split saves, a lot of K blocks in close areas and and that has really helped a lot but if if i talk recently so a month back i had a 1v1 where i went out in a split save and he took a a touch away from me but i somehow extended my leg more and hit the ball and got it away but then last weekend like six days ago this guy 1v1 i come out i really close the angle and i talked to a goalkeeper coach about this he was like you close the angle perfect and you gave your your, your team a lot of time to come back but this guy he somehow chips it perfectly just over my head so I got chipped which I hate um but a beautifully chipped 
goal and just goes in. Um, unfortunately, uh, he scores. Um, but yeah, that's also the, the fun margin because I close everything down, but then the striker just hits a, a beautiful chip. Um, so obviously that's hard to, to train that. Yeah, and, and also um, what will happen if you didn't win for a block? Will he maybe he scored also? And it's also the quality of the striker, the quality of the league, I think. And yeah, for me, it's always about how can I make the opportunity as big as possible that I can save the ball? And what you're saying also in futsal, I think it's a split block. Really, it's really useful in a 1v1 situation. Really useful. Definitely. And I also remember like developing my own split block because maybe I in futsal, because maybe I went too wide and futsal players, they're really smart at seeing when a goalkeeper in there is open between the legs. So I also developed my own, like Cotois, and developed the, the split block into closing it more and getting deeper into it so they can't hit that between the legs because that also sucks as a goalkeeper to get mecked uh, on a goal. Yeah, and, and it's also important what you're saying. You are creating your own split block. Everybody is different. So I can tell my goalkeepers, hey, you must do this, this, this. But maybe he can't do it because his legs are too, his body is too stiff. So for me, it's important. They, they must create their own thing. And if you look Neuer, he is very good in the split block, but he's only doing it to one side. He's not doing it both sides. And... People can say, hey, that's why not both sides, but that can also be his strength. You can be top, top, top in one side. Yeah, okay, then I change the angle in, in attacking the ball a little bit. And But it's crazy that you see the goalkeeper of Bayern Munich, world-class goalkeeper, that he can only do the split block on one side. That's also something I've noticed. Um, we saw it a few weeks back in a game. Uh, I can't remember the game, but it was oh, Dortmund, uh, Bayern. He had a 1v1 save where he split block to his usual left side with his left foot and he saves it with his right foot. So he's just developed that he can also lift up his right foot. Uh, so really interesting point there. Yeah, and, 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 and what I was saying, everybody is different. And then the combination with South Africa, if you see um, how the body shapes, I call it body shapes, are here, they... The legs, if they, they can do it with one foot left and one foot right, they are so mobile in, in doing those things and they have so much power in it and so much reach with the legs. You don't see that many times in, in Europe, to be honest. In Europe, you really have to build it step by step, but here they're adapting so quick. They can use it so good as a weapon. It's so nice to see how they're using the, the, the body strength. Yeah, I've noticed that in a few of your uh, videos as well. It's uh, it's actually impressive to to see. Um, but before we uh, almost running out of time here, we always have the usual gloves on podcast question where we ask our guest about favorite gloves and and why. Um, about what's your favorite gloves? What you use at the moment and and why you use it? Yeah, I have a Dutch brand. Uh, one goalkeeper, uh, that's the name of the gloves. It's a Dutch company. Uh, they created the gloves by themselves. What I really like is that um, they make the gloves in the way you want to have it. Um, if it's the color, if it's the foam, if it's 
the format inside their hands. They can change it how you want it. And for me, it's also also important uh, the trust, the faith in each other. Um, if I need gloves or they need something from me, it's it's about trust and about cooperation. And for me, that's maybe more important than what color it is. Um, how does the globe, uh, goalkeeper glove looks like? Because yeah, of, of, of football, yeah, everybody wants to to look fashion. Nice gloves must must be perfect with your outfit. And I have the same to be honest, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is the cooperation you have with with the owners. And for me, that's that's absolutely top. Um, I don't have to ask about the gloves. They ask, hey, how is it going in South Africa? Can we send something? Our family or your parents coming to South Africa, we will send it to your home. Um, I must say that the quality is top, it's really top. Also, um, yeah, the altitude here is yeah, in Joburg, it's it's higher, it's much drier. Um, so the only thing I have to do, I, I take my gloves, I don't have to make them wet, and yeah, the ball is stick to it. Uh, yeah, for me, it's it's for me, it's working, for me, it's top quality. Nice. As long as it works for you, I guess that's the most important anyway, isn't it? Yeah, no, true, true, true. And what's also nice, and people underestimate it, um, of course, you had the World Cup 2010 in South Africa. And I'm from the Netherlands. I, I was never used to, to work on different altitudes. Um, so I came from Cape Town to, to Joburg. And if you see Joburg, uh, Cape Town is on sea level, Joburg is much higher. If you see how the ball is moving, it's totally different. But so also in your training sessions, when you shoot on sea level, the ball will go straight. But if you shoot over here, the ball will go to the left, to the right, up and down. So it's a totally different way of goalkeeping and but also of goalkeeper training. And um, yeah, we were always struggling when we played from Cape Town to, to teams in Joburg. We couldn't breathe proper, we were tired quick, but yeah, it's so strange. And if you look back at the World Cup, it must be influenced to, to teams who were traveling in all South Africa because you're not used to it in Europe. Yeah, I remember that was a big discussion back when uh, South Africa was hosting the, the World Cups. Uh, and a lot of teams were actually struggling with it and they had camps before where they try to train in, with high altitude and, and stuff like that to in order to be prepared for the different environments that South Africa has. So, but uh, sure, we are unfortunately running out of time. Um, time runs quick when we're doing this podcast, uh, just flying away. But uh, we want to thank you for being a part of the podcast today. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, guys. It's an it's, uh, honor for me that you, you asked me uh, in your podcast and uh, I really like to, to chat about goalkeepers and especially with you. Also, Alexander, I like your, your feedback from futsal, futsal because yeah, you see more and more things from futsal in, in the new way of goalkeeping and yeah, even the split safe with Noya compare it with how it was already for years in futsal. So uh, I really like it, guys. And to you guys still listening out there, please go follow Gloves on Podcast on your favorite social media, leave a review and share this with one other goalkeeper for them to keep improving. Catch you on the next episode of Gloves on Podcast. Mm-hmm.